Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. I'm live today with Mike Mull, and I hope I said the last name right. Is that right? Actually, yeah, you did. All right. So we are talking today about marketing. Mike is a marketing genius. I was on his show, very um, fortunate to be a guest there. And we talked about, um, he has a podcast called Market Me. And so Mike, I'll let you give a little bit more about your background, how you got into marketing, and we'll go from there. Awesome, sounds great. Yeah, I don't know. Genius is maybe the right, not the right word, but I appreciate the uh, appreciate the love. Um, yeah, so I've been in the marketing space for the past seven years or so. Um, my first product was an app. It was a grocery shopping app that was going to change the world. It did not change the world. It actually didn't even survive. But while we were in the early stages of that, trying to afford development, uh, we took on some marketing clients. I, completely self-taught, started on YouTube, and then I really learned from doing a lot of free work and free campaigns for people to get them to uh, to trust me and kind of grow that up. Um, and since then, I've, yeah, I've spent, you know, about 2.3 million between Google and Facebook myself uh, before I brought on a team to start spending for me. Uh, I've done a lot of organic outreach, cold email, a little bit of everything because we've worked with companies in all different spaces. I think people like my marketing style because it's very lean and it's very scrappy. I don't want to give money to the platforms if I don't have to. Um, so I'm always looking for ways to like, you know, work the system or try and find, you know, unique opportunities, whether it be partnership or organic or outreach or, or ads if it needs to be. Um, but I'm always looking to get to my goal without spending as much as I, you know, trying to save money. Yes, I love two things about what you just said. Number one, that you're scrappy and you figure things out. And number two, that you've spent millions on marketing so all of us don't have to. And you can learn from those mistakes. I would want to work with somebody who had spent that much <laughs> on yeah. their past. And I always say in my, you know, to my clients, I've spent so much on just getting my entrepreneurship degree, learning mar like marketing courses, all the different things different things mentors and and each time i learned even from the bad investments you almost learn more from those because you're like uh wow that is something i don't want to do that is something i want to help people avoid that kind of thing so tell us a little bit because we have a lot of i love that you had an app and you've done all these different things um when you say i do things the, the scrappy way and i try to um do a little bit of everything Tell us more, if we have coaches and health professionals listening, what are some um, things that they could get started with? Like, let's say they know their niche, they have social media accounts, but now what? So where would you start? Got it. So I think it's important to take a step back around the topic of social media. I think a lot of people get really fixated on like having a like on their post or growing an audience that follows them on social in particular. 
I think the majority of the way that actual buying decisions happen is that they discover you through a certain means. It may be through social, but it's in more than likely not. But what they do want to see is after they've gone to your website or after they Google your name, they want to see that you know you exist on the internet. Number one, do you look valid? Do you look credible? But the website doesn't really tell that full story, right? The website could have been left years ago with you know who knows what when that content went up. But social is real. Social is active. Social is right now. So I think what's interesting with social is putting out high quality content. So people that do discover you when they go to your social, they can then say, oh, like this guy, he he knows what he's talking about because you know he he's obviously putting out content around that topic. So for me, I've I've never fixated on growth, even with Instagram, uh, maybe like 2,500 on Instagram, maybe 5,000 on LinkedIn. Um, the numbers aren't super high, but they're really qualified people. And, and when you go and see a post of mine, you know, I'm posting four to six video clips a week of me either on the podcast or speaking at an event or whatever, and people can really see and understand the knowledge because you can't hide with video you can't hide. You can't have someone ghost write your video, right? You either know what you're talking about or you don't. So I, I like voice and video where it's like you addressing questions and addressing problems. I think that's a really strong way to market. But I think that type of thing posting on social is more so going to give you credibility than leads. So if we then step into the lead area, the easiest way to do it is to siphon attention from other people. And I don't say that in a negative way. And I don't say Wait, that in say a way. that again. Say that again. I'm taking notes. Yeah. Easiest way to what? So the easiest way to generate leads. Um, so in order to get leads, you need to have content. You need to make that content for your potential customer. And then you have to make sure that they see it. So without buying ads saying, hey, I want to go target the specific demographic, how do you get attention on this stuff? I think the best way to do it is to create partnerships and create kind of co um, you know create co-content making experiences with other people not competitors but people that are, are horizontal to you that complement your business so um, you know I don't do copywriting I don't do websites but because I do marketing I will reach out to copywriters and website people and say hey like let's make some content together I'll post something of yours on mine you post something of mine on yours whether we do a, a podcast exchange or you know, we just make a piece of creative together because inevitably, if it's a complimentary service to you, it's inevitable that some people in that audience will have a need for you, right? You, you strategically partner with people that some of their audience may want what you have and some of your audience may have what, what they want. And so by doing that exchange, you may exchange a couple of people here and there from a social standpoint, but that awareness could drive leads. So that's yeah. a free way to do it where um, you know, you're collaborating on each other's stuff and not in a way, again, it doesn't work if it's with a competitor because it always just feels like really um, overly polished. It's like, you know, I, I think about it like this, the same way we're talking now. Like if someone were to ask me for advice, hey, I got this business, I got this idea, I have no money. What do I, how do I market? I would tell them this exact thing. So I think sharing that with you and your audience the intent isn't to like steal your following, but you have you may have people in your ecosystem that say, hey, I might actually need more advice like this. And same thing when you came online, people in the fitness space, you know, looking for what you do, it's awareness for you and, and you may get an inquiry there. And it doesn't mean you're gonna get leads leads, but it creates it creates a lot more opportunity than just posting organic content. 
Yes, I love that. I think that what you nailed down that everybody needs to take away is that content is to build the trust and build your credibility. It is not the thing that's going to just all of a sudden get you a ton of traffic and leads. There's types of posts you can do that maybe go a little more, get more shares and get more, you know, comments and stuff. But the truth is that was a hard lesson I had to learn because, and I hear so many people in the beginning pouring their heart into their content have zero traffic though. They, they're pouring their time into this. They're, they're not seeing the return, but they think that if I just start posting lives, if I just start sharing my juice recipes, all of a sudden, all these clients are going to start coming to me. And I don't see that happening very often. So yeah. um, tell us a little bit more about um, how do we go about how many partnerships do you do a week? How do you go about reaching out? Do you do tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So I think so, especially for people just getting started, I know the, the inevitable question I get the, the pushback that I always get is, well, I don't I don't have I don't have any followers. So why would somebody put me on and I'm coming to them and saying, well, what well, I don't really have anything to offer you. So there's a couple things that people are motivated by when they have an audience and it works the same way if someone is looking to post something on one of my sites or, or something like that. Um, it's does that piece of content a compete with me? Because if it does, you're probably going to get a no. And then B is does it bring value to my audience that I wouldn't be able to provide? So there's all kinds of blog posts that I could write, but if someone's got an amazing one, like why, why rewrite it? Let's just leverage that, use that. So a couple things to think about as many partnerships as humanly possible, but you can generally use a really similar content pillar. Like here's this one topic and you can spin it in different ways so that each person's audience has it kind of um, customized for them. So that's a, like an easy way to, to use the same thing over and over and over again, um, but just tailoring it to how their audience would, would get the most benefit from it. When you're reaching out, this is the toughest part. So a lot of people in a lot of spaces now are getting a ton of cold emails, cold LinkedIn DMs being like, hey, I want a partner, I wanna show you this, I want you to buy this, buy my service, buy my app. Like it's crazy. And especially if you, on your profile, if you have the word founder or CEO or whatever whatever term you use, I use founder, but um, that's like, you're the number one target now. You're gonna get a ton of outreach and a ton of people harassing you about stuff. So my thing is this, stand out. You know, if you find, so uh, some people argue and they'll say, try and do it with scale. Find a whole bunch, cold message them, send everybody the same message. If you hit a thousand people, then hopefully you get like 3%. And to me, it's not really a good approach. Uh, I actually was on a podcast earlier today and I'll kind of walk through it. So what I like to do is I like to go and find out a little bit of information about that person. Doesn't have to take long, three to five minutes looking at their social media. Then when you reach out, reach out in a unique way. So Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook all have the ability to send video message and audio message. I exclusively send video and audio message now. You won't catch me writing text, like unless it's a quick like, yep, or this or that. Like I pretty much always do that for a couple reasons. One, text can come out of context. Um, you know, it's not like when you're reaching out, 
there's not a lot to be taken out of context, but like it is still, if you think about like how many, how many fights you've gotten into with your significant other over, like you wrote something and then they took it a certain way and you're like, wait, what? Are we fighting about this? I, I meant it that way. Oh, okay. Like text has a lot of room for interpretation, number one. The other thing is that nobody, very few people are doing voice and video right now. So I actually send about 150 a week on LinkedIn to new people building up like just some awareness. And I might be inviting them to a discovery call or inviting them to my Facebook group, but I always lead in with like a, a video where they're just like shocked that someone took the time and you address it to them. Hey, Haley, it's Mike. I just wanted to reach out say hi. Like when you use their name, their like jaw hits the ground because it's not really used that much. Uh, but the impact is amazing. In fact, I keep a folder in my phone of all the responses that I've gotten that were like, I cannot believe you sent me a video. I've never seen this before. How do you do it? Let alone like, I'm so like, can't believe you reached out that way. So a couple of things happen there. You really stand out when the message comes into them. It looks like a little audio blip or it looks like the start of a video and people are thinking, what the heck is this going to be? Like you, you have to play it. Text is so easy to ignore. We all get these running flow of, of messages, but like video and voice, you can't, you have to press play just out of curiosity, right? So it makes sure that they hear the messages. So that's amazing. That will help your conversion. And you'll just, you'll really blow people's minds that you've taken the time. And I think that's more important. I'd say if I were, if you were to ask me, send a thousand automated messages versus 20 bit personalized video messages a week, I would do the video messages all day. Yay. Okay. So quality over quantity going for those video messages, even if it takes you a little time. And what about um, when you say I check the person's profile, I send them a personalized video or, or audio. If somebody's goal is high ticket, they sell high ticket coaching or they, and they have a Facebook group, you know, they have a bunch of different things, but their ideal goal is to work with clients either in their high ticket or their group program or in some way or another. What, is the process like do you say hey i just wanted to say hi would love to hear more about you like my i teach to ask a simple short question and start a conversation just like a yeah. regular relationship like if we met at a networking event i would say like what do you do or like you know how's your week going whatever yeah. what do you suggest as far as the process and when is it too early or you know that kind of thing because i i'll be honest to me it comes pretty naturally, but to a lot of people, reaching out to people is like terrifying and they have no idea what to say. And, oh my God, they responded with this. What do I do? Like, where do I leave this, right? So tell us a little more about that. Sure. Well, I think it depends on, on what your sales funnel actually looks like. So for me, for example, I have a free Facebook group that talks about personal branding and online presence. I share all of my best knowledge in there um, and, and I know that a handful of people in that group will want to do the next level, whether it's like strategy stuff or like a little bit of one on one work or so my main thing is like people that are kind of moving away from being in executive roles into becoming consultants. So like, how do I package my knowledge? How do I have a presence online? How do I position myself? What is the result I'm selling? How do I, you know, sales calls, discovery calls, all that stuff. So I work with people one-on-one -on -one, and I work with, you know, a handful of people a month at the most, cause it's pretty, it's pretty intensive. Um, so for me, my, my natural fit is like my Facebook group is there. So I never, I never pitch anything on the first message ever. Um, 
here's what I do. I find something to either compliment them about or like talk to them about. So if you're trying to get like on a podcast of theirs or you're trying to co-brand content, here's what I would do. I'd reach out, follow them, reach out. And I would just say, hey, whoever it is, uh, it's Mike here. Just wanted to reach out, say hi. Um, I came across your content through this, really like this and this piece. Um, just wanted to connect and say hi. So hi, and that's it. And then often you'll get a response back from that um, where they'll, and then you, it's conversational after that. But I generally leave my ask, any ask out of the first message. And if they respond, if that resonated with them, then I will tend to do it. Now, if they don't respond, I will re I'll reach out like two weeks later and then just like work them towards saying like, whether it's, if you're trying to get in their content be like, Hey, you know, I, I scrolled through some of your YouTube videos. Um, I see these topics, but I actually speak about this thing or that thing. And I think it's missing. I think your audience would find it value. I'd love to collaborate. Right. Um, you could then, or in the Facebook group example, you could say, Hey, you know, I noticed that you, I noticed that you're putting out some content. You know, I spent a bunch of time helping artists with their personal brands. I'm sharing my knowledge over in this Facebook group. Would love for you to join it if you're, if you're open to it. So if they don't respond, definitely follow up in like 10 to 14 days with the ask. Um, but generally speaking, they'll, they'll be like, wow, that's amazing. Thanks so much. Like, tell me about what you do. And then you can go into that. Hey, I do this type of work. I was actually scrolling through your content. Seems like this would be a cool episode for your podcast. I'd love to put my hat in the ring as a potential guest, or I'd love to write a guest post for your blog or whatever it is, but at least that you've built that human connection. I think what people often forget, like sales and reaching out is intimidating. Definitely. But think about the amount of times that people have bl blindly reached out to you to offer you something and like 98% of the time, 99% of the time, you don't even want to hear what they have to say. You're just like, oh, great. Another stockpiled message. Thanks. And they do work and they can work. Um, but I just find really hyper personalizing video in that way um, gets people to respond. The actual that the actual big addition to your conversion rates will go through the roof by doing this. The other thing that happens is they feel like they know you. So even if you offer to do a discovery call or you ask them to co-brand some content or whatever the ask is at the end of the day, if they're like, yeah, it's not really for me, it's not, I'm not about it. At that point, you can actually then say, hey, do you know anybody else? Would you be, you know, would you be open to connecting them with me? Like at that point, they'll actually give you a referral without even working with you, which is a, a little like bonus at the end of the, the end of the rainbow but something i discovered um because i i never asked and then someone's like yeah no i don't really i'm not into that but like i actually have like two other people you should talk to and i was like oh wow like they thought about that ahead of time so now i ask if i'm not a good fit for them and i say hey do you know anybody else and you wouldn't you'd be really surprised they, they make connections by email hey i know this guy mike he's super nice he does this you should chat with him rather than like the alternative, if you just are sending mass messages, is like the, the odds of them taking the time to do that are next to nothing. Yeah, okay. So I agree. I One of the things I always teach is make it a win no matter what. So you either have a new friend, you have somebody who you can ask for a referral from, you can, uh, maybe they check out your podcast or join your Facebook group and 12 months later they become a client. But that's how, if you're gonna be patient with this game, because as you and I both know, conversion rate, like you're not gonna have, and, and I think this surprises some people, oh my God, like only X percent is responding. Am I a terrible person or loser? Should I give up? It's not working. And the truth is it's very normal 
to have statistics that just everyone's not going to convert. So my suggestion is if you're only going into it, like I cannot wait to sell, I cannot wait to sell. I just need to put my link. You're going to fizzle out fast. You're going to hate the process. And, and you know, it's, it's a bummer. But if you go in it with your mindset, Mike, of I'm going to be friendly, I'm going to send these voice notes out. I'm going to build a relationship and who knows, maybe they'll send me someone. It's so much different. I've started doing that in my LinkedIn messages. Sometimes I'll say, you know, I have a referral commission program, um, which I do is true. But, you know, it, this kind of stuff does make a difference when you have more touch points with somebody. And while that takes more time and is kind of more, oh, I got to check my messages again. It's it is better. I've gotten lazy sometimes where I'll like invite them to my Facebook group potentially too soon. And I've learned like, oh, if I tweak the message this way, it goes better or whatever. So what's kind of your can you just give everybody some numbers about, you know, how many people should we reach out to? What's the standard conversion rate? If you and I know this is kind of a, a tricky question, but let us know. So in sales as a whole, so I, I worked for a, a Google premier partner uh, in the early stages of starting this business. Other than doing marketing, I actually I took like a part time job managing 25 people in a sales department. It was like my side hustle because we were just trying to fund this business as, um, as, as best we could. And so I did. I worked with them for about a year and a half. Uh, and what I taught the salespeople that I had was always kind of like a rule of 10 percent even the worst salesperson can usually manage 10%. So if you, if your goal is to get somebody into your Facebook group, or if your goal is to book a discovery call, or if your goal is to book content, a content collaboration with somebody like land it, like someone actually makes the decision to say yes about one of those things. The rule of 10 is usually the way that I do it. So that way that works is if you reach out to a hundred people and they're relatively targeted people, um, you should be able to get, um, you should be able to get 10 responses and out of those 10 responses, you should be able to get one. Yes. That's the, that's the breakdown. Um, so it's like 10%, 10% is usually the way that it works. Um, you know, the lower ticket or the easier the yes is usually the higher the rate. But if you are, if you are reaching out to a hundred people, then uh, you should be able to get like 10 conversations going and one person should take you up. Now it seems like, wow, that's like, that's a lot of work to get one, but like, suck it up. That's what it is, right? You want to, you want to run a business. You want to be an entrepreneur, get ready for no, get ready for a ton of rejection all the time. I mean, I've been, I've been at it for about eight years um, and no is just part of the game. And so if you don't like, and so, I do about, even at this stage, I still do 150 to 200 videos a week, which takes me about three and a half hours total time to send. Um, and then all the responses, like, I mean, the my inbox is just ludicrous. Um, but the way that it works, so I, I reached out cold to this guy, Peter. He's a, he's a VP at KPMG. He's a big name person, you know, yeah, agreed to connect with me on LinkedIn. I then sent him a video and I was living in Mexico for the last four months. So like I had this tie dye shirt that said locals only. I'm actually still even wearing Mexican themed stuff. And I had like a red bandana that I wore cause I'm growing up my hair for the first time in my life. And like, I, 
kind of looked like a beach bum, right? And uh, this guy's a, a VP of a big, you know, big organization, and uh, just sent my standard message. Hey, you know, just wanted to say hi. I know LinkedIn's a lot of automation. I just wanted to take it off the table, let you know that there's a human here. So, hi, my name's Mike. Da 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 da. My spiel. Um, he then went and looked at my profile, saw the headline in my LinkedIn profile. I turn executives into consultants. And he said, hey, this seems like really interesting. I'd love to book a call with you. And like, we went to proposal within two days. I booked a discovery call the next day and he's like, send me a proposal, like I'm really interested. So like that will happen anyway, just, just as a residual impact of like taking as many actions as possible. It's really important if you are gonna be the entrepreneur, if you are gonna drive the business and you want the luxury of making six figures, like six figures is not nothing, right? Like to many people in the world, that's like a massive amount of money. Um, like it takes a lot of work, like especially in the early stages. Like I used to put in 15 to 18 hours a day in my early stages. And now like, you know, we've built a great company with referrals, but even now, like when COVID hit, we lost like 80% of our revenue overnight. And it was just like, okay, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get on LinkedIn and I'm gonna send 200 messages a week until some, enough people say yes and we replenish our money and then we did. So it takes a lot. Uh, it always is gonna take a lot, no matter how far you, you think you're gonna get ahead. There's always uh, these interesting things that drag you back and you just gotta be ready for it. I am so glad you just shared all of that with us because I preach in the Health Coach Nation group like, yeah, you gotta get no's, you gotta do, take action, et cetera. But it feels so good to have somebody else say it to the Health Coach Nation group. <laughs> and somebody who's very successful, has been able to scale your business, has been able to grow a team. You do have phases and seasons where you gotta sprint. And when you say um, 250 videos a week, I think that's a beautiful thing for our audience to hear. Because if you want, and as Frank Kern and all those guys say, if you want more, just do more. That's one way to go about it. Yeah, you can outsource. Yeah, you can do less, but better. There's ways you can optimize certain things you're doing. But in, when you're first starting, sometimes people get so caught up in the things that they're not ready for yet. Like, I want to scale this, and I want to do it the most possible, efficient way possible, so I'm not going to start until it's perfect. And my suggestion is what you do. Start somewhere work at it and then fine tune it and get more referrals and you know, all that stuff later. Um, so how do you manage responding to those messages? Because to me, I really struggle lately getting to my inboxes on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. And mm -hmm. I'll go back to a message and it's like a week or two later. And I hate to say it, but I'm like, Oh man, crap. So what do you do to make time for this kind of thing? Uh, I just responded to 40 messages yesterday, uh, dating back to June 3rd. It is what it is. Um, LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's inbox is pretty shitty. Um, and I, I just, I'm upfront about it. So I'll go back on video. If they've responded, I'm like, hey, sorry this took so long. Uh, this LinkedIn box is crazy. As I mentioned in my message before, I'm sending like over 100 of these a week. So it gets a little crazy, sorry about that. And then I just, that's it, I just leave it there. Um, most people don't care. Most people aren't in a rush for anything unless you say specifically, I'm gonna get back to you on this day or we're gonna talk again on this day. Um, if you haven't done that, then if you've done that, then put it in your calendar and do it. Um, but outside of that, like people are so busy. I think people get, I looked, I found messages back from like April, a couple of them because LinkedIn's inbox is really crappy. Um, 
and I just I just sent them videos yesterday anyway. Fuck it. It's been like four yeah. months, and I, they like waiting for a response. I was like, hey, sorry I didn't respond to this. I don't know where it went, but yeah. I'm here now, so what's up? And some people, maybe they're maybe they're off of it. Maybe they're like, well, I can't believe you took so long. I can't believe you didn't respond. Who cares? If you're sending, if you're genuinely sending 100 to 200 messages a week to new people and building real connections and like finding content collaboration, that you're going to make mistakes. You, you just let them go. You can, you can apologize. You can say, hey, you know, it's not usually my thing. I don't, I don't usually wait, make people wait four months, but got lost. So it is what it is, right? Um, I think giving yourself permission to screw up. Because I can tell you in seven years, like we've screwed up a lot of stuff, right? We've had ad accounts that like the credit card declined or expired and we didn't notice for like a week. And I was like, hey, your ads haven't been running for a week. And they're like, what the hell? Like they, they're going to get mad. You screwed up. It's your fault and your responsibility. But it's all part of it. Like nobody's perfect. If you, and I think where people get stuck and I think I encourage you to look at is like, look at bigger companies. And you say, well, look, I, I'm aspiring to be this. And then you, you know, you look at the ones ahead of you, but they've made mistakes. They posted something super insensitive or they, you know, th there was a data breach and someone got everybody's emails or what, like this, this stuff happens, right? T technology and business is evolving so fast these days. And like, it's impossible to keep up with everything. You're never going to keep up with everything. You are going to screw stuff up. So just let it go. Just apologize, and if that's not good enough, then too bad. Let's move on. Yeah, you learned from it. You had you paid your as um, what's his name Keith J Cunningham says you paid your dumb tax. <laughs> Have you ever read his book? No, um, no. It's called The Road to Less Stupid, and it oh, talks nice. about how to just not make how to ask yourself thinking time questions to get ahead mm -hmm. of making really expensive mistakes. Um, I'll, down, I'll download it. I'm a horrible reader, I, so I listen to everything. But Oh, yeah. I listen I'll to an audiobook. But Did I had yeah. notes about, because there's tons of questions you have to write down. And so that I might have, if I could go back, I would maybe buy the book. Um, yeah. But anyways, so I love what you said. And it's so true. People make mistakes. Everybody does. And uh, speaking of what you said, I went to my face. I hate the LinkedIn message box. It's so hard to um, find. Yeah, it's really awkward. But Anyways, Facebook, I went into that last night and went to my, I clicked the unread filter because on your phone, you can only scroll down so much and it's like, you know, it's unread and read and it's hard to filter on the Facebook app. So I filtered it. I found messages from like 2019 that I just didn't respond to. So um, I feel you on that. But anyways, let's say somebody's doing this and maybe they're a little nervous and, you know, they don't have the, oh, actually, I know where I was going with this. Let's say they want, I I hear this a lot. Okay, that sounds cool, but I just want people to come to me. But I don't want to spend any money on advertising or marketing. And I also don't really want to spend the time, you know, reaching out to people. So what do those people, what do you say to that? I had a job. <laughs> yes i love this there's, okay. there's no there's no answer like there's no magic pill there's no uh suck it up do the work do the work or don't you know if you don't you're the one with the the, the ceo title on your instagram that's that's going nowhere doing nothing 
there's a lot of those people out there. And the truth is like, even the people that even some, like a lot of the people that are in like paid communities that I'm in or in different groups, like most people don't want to put in the work. They like the sexiness. They like the idea of it all. But like, um, so I was talking to, um, Kern from Jube on, on his podcast this morning. And he was like, Wait, why do I, do you... I just heard about that. Yeah. What is um, it? He does. So he helps companies with like, um, he helps companies to in, uh, foster better employee engagement and foster better client relationships. So he does these, he does dinners, uh, now virtual dinners, but he's done, he's hosted over 170 entrepreneur dinners in the last three years, bringing people together and like building networks and stuff. It's really, really cool what he does. Uh, so we make a lot of content together. That might be why we, we okay. make, we make a lot of stuff together. Um, but I was saying to him, like, there's this like dark secret that nobody wants to talk about in entrepreneurship and like there's a guaranteed two days out of every month that you're going to be horribly depressed and you're not going to want to do anything and you're going to feel like the world is coming to an end and nothing's going to fix it everyone's going to find out i'm fraud nothing's ever going to work ever again like that's part of it right and so like you need to be able to get in the right headspace to shake that off to then go send another 150 videos every week every week um, for the for the rest of your life, for the entire time you wanna be an entrepreneur. It, that's just what it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people see the the cool and the glamorous stuff, but they don't see um, the, the, the crazy amount of work and the failure and the rejection. Like that's part of the game, it's all part of it. So it, it all comes with it. And if you don't wanna do it, then just go get a job. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so yes, I agree. And when you say, um, you just said something about, oh man, I had a question about this. You said something about two days out of the month. You're going to oh, yeah. feel really bad. Depression. Yeah. Depression. Mm-hmm. There's and, a book. And, okay. A... What I was going to say, you can't afford to have a bad week as an entrepreneur. You can afford to have your two bad days a month, for example. But when you let the, the oh, I didn't get an answer. I didn't get a response. I'm afraid to post all that stuff. When you let that derail your action steps in your business and your plan, you are number one, draining your own energy. But number two, you can't do that. You have to separate, you have to be. And and so I love, this is partly why I have a lot of guys or I'm on a lot of guys podcasts and, and have a lot of guys. I'm not trying to generalize, but I do feel like men in general separate their business from their identity more often than women um, because or maybe not. Maybe they maybe they put a defense. They put a um a, a, I don't know. They act like they don't care as much. Is that just me? Or no, that's that is the answer. I think. I, so there is one part, and I think you see it in in the neuroscience and like just a lot of just behavioral stuff between men and women is like men, generally speaking, are better at um, uh, breaking things into dip, like separating things from each other. So compartmentalizing, being like, oh, this is the box for this thing. This is the box for this thing. This is my like business box and my sports watching box. Like, it, we, we can really separate a lot of the time. But what happens is when it comes to our emotions and our feelings and not like because we compartmentalize, we suppress it a lot of the time. And what happens as a result of that is that we make more rational decisions on, at the face of just like, well, I don't care that's just how it's going to be because we don't actually incorporate all of the thoughts so it is good it is good to be able to 
compartmentalize well. Um, but if you disregard the other pieces of that puzzle, which men often do, and I'm guilty of it sometimes, more often until I started therapy, like quite a bit more than before I started therapy. Um, but if you, you know, if you let that control your actions, you're going to make stupid decisions because I have to be right. Cause this is the thing that goes in this box and like, it doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Really well said. So transitioning a little bit, what are you currently working on when it comes to your marketing? So you're doing your direct messages. Um, I also think last time we spoke, when uh, I was on your podcast, you were mentioning you're really into YouTube ads. Um, can you, we're not gonna go into that today because we only have a couple more minutes and maybe we have you back sometime. Um, but can you tell us why you think that and, and a little bit more just also in general, what are you working on these days? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, our, so I've always been good at helping people um, with their online presence. And I've always been, I've always gotten a lot of consulting and strategy work. So I'm actually in the process of kind of a relaunch, like the social media house brand, we're, we're kind of wrapping up. Um, it was primarily teaching small businesses about how to run their own Google ads, Facebook ads, and social media. Um, when COVID hit, I mean, we got absolutely decimated. Um, we lost every lead. We had a huge funnel of leads. They were gone. Um, most of the clients that we were doing marketing for had to pause because they were not essential businesses. And so, um, yeah, I'm kind of just restructuring my offerings in the last like two and a half months to be around the topic of helping people kind of get to where I have gotten from a consulting perspective. So I'm kind of starting in a lot of ways, starting fresh and building a new audience. I still have some of my email lists and some of my following around, um, strategy, but I am really starting from scratch. So I'm kind of doing all the stuff we're talking about. I'm booking meetings and booking discovery calls and finding partnership opportunities to create content. So I'm speaking at a lot of events. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to get on a bunch of people's podcasts. I'm finding small online events to speak at, to share my knowledge. And it's really just getting awareness and, and crossing over with people's attention and seeing where you know, there, there's maybe someone in their following or their audience or someone I connect with that resonates with my message and my product and um, really just trying to trying to get it out there and, and let people know it exists. Uh, I tend to be on the soft selling side because people don't like to be sold to. They don't like to be pushed. They don't like you jamming a, a transaction down their throat, right? So I'm, you know, building these relationships now that in maybe a month, two months, three months, after connecting and after building content with them, you know, um, could could very well make some make some money from it. But I think building, uh, digging the well before you're thirsty, as they say, like making those connections, reaching out, being helpful, contributing to people's content um, will make a really big difference uh, down the road because that will start to generate um, some conversions over time. So I guess a couple of closing thoughts and then we can wrap. So. Um, I, you know, I think it's really important, especially as you're getting started to remember that nobody owes you anything. And the truth is same thing. So think about the way that you would buy a product or a service, right? If you're not aware of the thing and until you need it, you don't care about it. So what makes you think people are going to care about you and what you have to offer until they need it, or they feel that they need it. And the only way that's going to happen is if they, they feel educated, if they feel like they, that you understand them, that you make content that speaks to them. That's how you warm people up, right? 
if someone called you right now and said, hey, uh, I'm offering uh, this type of consulting or this type of coaching, or I can, I can, give, I can give you a pedicure. Like if, if you just got a pedicure or you don't care about your toes, then what does a pedicure mean to me? Um, so offering me the pedicure is kind of just like, why are, you, why are you trying to sell me this thing? I don't, I didn't ask for it. I don't need it. And I don't, I definitely don't care about you. So making sure that you deliver content to make a certain percentage of people really resonate with you. Um, and then from there, you will get people that say, hey, now I trust you. You've given me some great advice or some free information or some content. Um, now you've got me thinking about this product or service that you're offering, and I think I want to do it. So you really have to start building that early on. Most people won't make purchases from people within the first four to six touch points, like connecting in the Facebook group or seeing your video and following you, seeing your posts for you know weeks or months at a time to like slowly warm up to the idea and then reach out. Like I get a ton of people that have been following my content for years. Um, who said, hey, now I'm finally launching this project or I'm finally ready to get moving with this thing. I want your advice now. These are people that have literally followed me online for three, four years um, who are net just now coming and becoming clients. So you never know when people are ready, but being able to be uh, providing them with content and providing them with help and guidance and making you the trusted source for the thing that you you make content about is a really great way for to play the long game and to get people on your side when they're ready you want them to only think of you um, but you can't force it if people aren't in the the headspace for it if they're not in the mood if they don't need it or feel like they need it right now um, you're not going to get the transaction anyway so don't push just uh just take it slow and um make awesome content Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.